The Spanish announce table. Hey, Tom. How are you? I am exhausted, Tim. Mm. I tell you what, I had a very, very busy weekend. Uh, I have just returned to the great state of Missouri, specifically Kansas City, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went on vacation with my significant other and her family to Orlando, Florida, to a nice little place that we call Disney World. And I tell you what, it was jam-packed with fun to have. And we had all of the fun. Uh, Got there Thursday night, came back Monday night, took Tuesday off to recover because of so much fun that I had. And now we're here on a Wednesday night recording the best podcast recorded on a Wednesday night, Tim. But before I get into my things, I want to hear about your things. What were you up to? Oh, not a whole lot, man. We did we did go see some old family friends. I think that not old family friends, but just friends that we hadn't seen in about a year. Uh, Nicole mm-hmm. and I did, like, um, you know. And so we went and got a couple, uh, and so we did that. But we also did the shows uh, at the comedy shows, uh, you know, at the comedy club. And Emo Phillips was in town. You know who Emo Phillips is? I know the name, but I really mm-hmm. couldn't tell you anything else. Yeah, because he was eighty, so you were a little little young for that. Uh, yeah. Big name, and then kind of disappeared for a while. A whole bunch of stories mm-hmm. behind that, and he's just now getting back into it. And he was in town, and he got a standing O every single show. That's five shows that I sat there and watched him do, and every time the crowd standing O, right, which is not what you typically get out of there. Of course, um, he's yeah. just super funny. Now he's really off and really weird. Um, but very mm-hmm. funny. And then local guy Jeremy Smith, who's big into Jokomania, um, which we're going to go uh, next time they're putting on a Jokomania there at the Comedy Club. Maybe we'll go down there and have yeah. some fun down there, right? Have a little fun over there at the Comedy Club in Kansas City. It's a wrestling-themed, uh, like kind of like roast battles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy Smith, fan of the show. So uh, uh, he was opening for Emo Phillips, and that was fun. Um, other than that, man, we did a um, swim trunk uh, for a soccer. He's trying out for the Premier League, so we did a pre-tryout evaluations tryouts this weekend. So. Ooh. Right, uh huh, uh huh. So yeah. that going on, Getting right? Serious so, Premier right, League, right? He's trying out for that. Um, this will be the first time, so we'll, you know, what I mean, we'll see how that goes, right? I, I don't know how. We don't know anything about this place, you know. I don't know how it works, so we shall yeah. see. But other than that, just living life and you know, avoiding the rain and all that. Yeah, I tell you what, the rain uh, was definitely welcomed in uh, Florida because they were so hot. I would have killed for an hour of rain. It was 100 degrees every day that I was on vacation. So Disney World was almost like uh, just finding shade. That was essentially the goal every day. It wasn't necessarily to go on all the rides. It was just to get to the shade. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we did all the rides. Uh, Space Mountain. So I've been to Disneyland twice and now Disney World. So three Disney theme parks. You know, three times I've been to a Disney theme park. All three times, Space Mountain's broke. All three times, 94, 96, 2019, it's broke every, and it was broke all three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tom, you should give old Ric Flair a call. I wanted to, he's down in Florida, I think. I was like, hey, fix this, man. Oldest ride, longest line. Yeah. He's the king of Space Mountain. But, you know, we did all the fun things. You know what I will say about Disney World? First off, I've never seen Frozen, and there was a Frozen sing-along, uh, all the moms know the words, which makes sense. But I like the Frozen. The Frozen, it, it's an experience. There's no ride. There's two stand-up comedians, essentially, and they tell you the Frozen story, except for they leave the ending kind of open-ended, so for you to fill in the blank. 
for me, I didn't know what happened. So now I have to go see Frozen this weekend with my niece and nephew or future niece and nephew because uh, they're Emily's niece and nephew. Um, so I was really I was hooked. I like that song. The let it go. Let it go. Oh, that's a fun one. Oh, uh, Disney's good at what they do in in those, you know, animated movies. But here's here's the two things that I was disappointed. So uh, they do a great job, first off, of separating all of the big attractions across all the parks to make you spend the hundred yeah. plus dollars to go to each one. So like one Hollywood Studios has like Star Wars, Toy Story, um, and Frozen. And then the Magic Kingdom has your traditional Mickey, Goofy, Donald uh, and the rides. And then animal kingdom has lion King up. Um, and those things, it's an essentially a zoo. And I think the other one, Oh, and then Epcot has, uh, guardians of the galaxy and then finding Nemo. So they do a good job of like, you're not getting everything here. Right. I've never been. And this was my first time. So, you know, I was, I was learned first off, you learn how much Disney owns, right? There's just so many opportunities that they still could like kill like as far as merchandise and things like that. And on top of that, remember they just acquired Marvel and all of that. So now you're, you're going to get Spider-Man, Iron Man, uh, Captain America, Thor, and all those guys. Speaking of Disney, I was just speaking with GBL friend of the show, a long time Mm -hmm. listener. Uh, he will be coming through Kansas city in August and was asking some things to do. And after I listed all the, you know, standard things, I said, Oh, also a fun note, uh, Walt Disney famously first drew Mickey Mouse based off of a mouse here in the studios he's working at. You know, kind of gave him the rundown of that story. Um, and I was like, the building currently is, you know, uh, is there's like a campaign to try to make it into a Disney museum. I was like, but you can go drive by it. It's around 37th and Truth. So I was like, I highly recommend driving by and keeping the doors locked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah. Do Keep your head stop. on a swivel. <laughs> do yeah. not stop. But yeah, uh, drew a mouse in his studio here and drew Mickey Mouse and then all of that, you know? Yeah, I, I actually took a picture of the building because they have like a little Walt Disney thing on the side. And a bum was like, that was my uncle. And I was like, all right, man, thank you. And I just walked right back in the car because I was like, nope, not nope. getting into a fight here. here but yeah. what I was going to say about Disney World, uh, the two things that I that caught my attention is one, and I'm just going to go on two little tangents, then we'll get into the wrestling thing. But one is uh, – You know, I understand Frozen is a big thing. Monsters, Inc. is a big thing. And Disney is for the 7 to 10-year-old. I understand that, right? Like 100% get it. However, the nostalgic aspects of Disney I feel like are not represented anymore. There was no Lady and the Tramp. There was no Pinocchio. Uh, For me, my favorite Disney story is kind of a lesser-known one. It's The Sword and the Stone, if you remember that. That's my favorite Disney movie. Nothing there except for some mugs that you can buy, you know, some coffee mugs. And I got some coffee mugs of a grumpy and uh, uh, the up dog, not up dog, but, you know, the dog from up. Right. Doug. You know what? Uh, um, this is a sign of. Hmm. You getting old. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> And then the other thing about Disney that I think they could definitely capitalize on is because nostalgia is like a huge seller, right? Look at WWE has a retro section and I'm speaking spe- specifically to wrestling right now, but you know, WWE.com or shop WWE.com has specific nostalgia, right? Look at what we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Undertaker and Goldberg, they were relevant 20 years ago, right? Nostalgia, nostalgia. They don't. And in my opinion, take advantage of their TV properties 
Because think of how much they own in just the TV world. Urkel, right. Family yeah. Matters, Boy Meets World, Topanga, and Corey. Then they even have their yeah, modern go to shows. to themed things out of that, right? Yeah. You know, they can make a classroom with all of their, you know, uh, best uh, To go to, like, TV Corey's characters. Locker? Yeah, go sit in Mr. Feeney's uh, classroom yes. and you next to you You could have a school that would have yeah. all the famous classrooms or settings of all the famous Disney yeah. various high school school and, settings. Right? And you could even go with uh, – up-to-date current shows because another thing that's still huge today modern family is a disney-owned show you have america's funniest home video you have shark tank you could pitch your own idea and see if the sharks take your eye you know business idea like their tv properties i was like this this should be here that should be there tom this is this is a great uh this is a great example another great example of why now disney should hire T-Mac as well as WWE. And that was leading me into the next thing uh, that I did this weekend. And actually, specifically today, uh, I have heard your tweets. or I've <laughs> seen your tweets. I have heard your voice. Uh, I have heard the cries. And I have came through, at least on my end, and I applied for writer yep. for wrote WWE. It, wrote it in pencil and put it in the mail. Oh, uh, they asked me like, so you, you know, you, I applied through LinkedIn, you know, that okay. thing where you, all, all this, so yep. you don't have to do like work history, blah, blah, right, which is right, so right. fucking dumb. Just, yeah, you know, that, yeah. I don't know, do a background check on me. Right. <laughs> but there was a little part where, uh, they're like, why did you apply for this position? And I was like, look, <laughs> I wrote, like, I wrote, I'm not kidding you. I probably wrote. 15 paragraphs. Oh, and wow. Like, and here's another thing. I put in how there's T-Mac story time on this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wrote how I have books from elementary school with me and my friend John Batten writing storylines about the four horsemen. I have like – I wrote everything in there. I was like I only think in wrestling storylines. When I watch a football game, I think how the bad guy – You know, I'll, I, I wrote heel, but I was like all of this stuff. I mean – I like to my to this where I great. stopped and I was like, should I put this in there? I was like, who gives yeah. a shit? Okay. And I was yeah, like, what yeah. are they? You shoot the shot, right? Because what are they going right. to do? Be like, well, oh, fuck this thing. Because here's yeah. the other thing. Here's the other thing. Uh, I had to shoot my shot on that because the drop downs for the other parts of the application, I wasn't measuring up. So it was like, how much experience do you have? Uh, composing uh, reality tv i was like none, none. <laughs> how much experience do you have writing for primetime television none, none. <laughs> so i was like well fuck <laughs> so you know i, I went i went well, all, man, all in on know, that but hey, yeah hey dana warrior is writing you know what i mean like, yeah <laughs> right and she can't even spell warrior so right. just you know that's the type of people they got writing for that <laughs> stuff i'm kidding i don't know if she can or not she seems like a nice lady taking shots because i want her job uh, but yeah, so I did that. Uh, also caught up on sports, crazy sports weekend. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. Oh, upsetting Anthony Joshua. Fat guys uh, rule the day. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Just my, you know, armchair quarterback. I've boxed for a few years, you know, never professional sure. uh, opinion. Anthony Joshua kept his never lead hand down next to his hip. Uh, Ruiz has like super quick hands. So just that combination of fat guy with fast hands and buff guy keeps his hands down. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Right. And on top of that, Andy Ruiz is super tough. And Anthony Joshua, a gold medalist from 2012, other than the Klitschko fight, really doesn't 
experience opposition. So the first time you feel like, well, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to happen. And if you watch the fight, he had that look many times where he's like, this is happening. This fucking bad guy. What is going on? And, and when you don't know how to deal with opposition, sometimes you crumble. And so I think that perfect storm of super tough fat guy with quick hands and arrogant, uh, front runner, uh, that gets clipped. Man, that's going to happen. Also, uh, in the world of sports, my friend Anthony Smith uh, won his fight in the UFC in the main event of UFC Fight Night in Stockholm, Sweden. And I watched uh, some NBA finals. So got mm-hmm. sports in. Uh, watched the NXT, which we can talk about if you want. Yeah, we should do that um, before we take the and, break. Uh, because after the break, we're going to talk about the next big event that everybody's waiting to see, right? Oh, Yeah. The Super Showdown, yeah. Uh, oh, but before we I get into all that, about Journey Pro, uh, you don't want to talk about Journey Pro. That's yeah. what everyone's talking about, right? Well, everybody should be talking about Jeremy White. Did you see the his thing went kind of viral with with pulling oh, the chair out the from best. the <laughs> Yeah, friend of the show. If you haven't seen it, and if you're friends with me on Facebook, go find it on my Facebook page, uh, or just search Jeremy White. Or just I think email us and ask us, and we'll send you a link to it somewhere online. Tableshow at gmail dot com. Just email us, and yeah. we'll send it to you. And he went viral with the lady booing him, and then he pulls the chair out from underneath her, yeah. and she falls right on her ass. Love it. Yeah, it's the best. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, was there anything else that you need to ramp up that you did? Did you stab a homeless guy or anything? Or? No, mm-hmm. not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Like, Still holding a, out. An, <laughs> it's only Wednesday, you know? I've only been yeah. in town for about 24 hours. So, Well, and a guy already set himself on fire. Uh, yeah, that was right next. You. So the first, here, side note, uh, the so I fly into town, right? I'm getting acclimated, get off the plane, driving around, getting some... Uh, odds and ends things done uh, applied for a passport so that I could go on my honeymoon uh, next year did that ahead of time so because you know it takes forever uh, as I do all that stuff driving back home fucking guy apparently according to the news but I saw the car on fire uh, gets into an argument with his girlfriend says this is fucking bullshit drinks kerosene lights himself on fire including the car in the middle of the road. Yeah, and I guess the friends had to get out and just so they apparently weren't aware this was going to happen. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. What a nutso. And that's right. Like, I can throw a baseball and hit where that car caught on fire from my house. That's the nut job weirdo neighborhood I live in, which I love. But it's a fucking zoo out here. I tell you what. But, yeah, that was about my uh, fun week in a nutshell. Do you want to get into any uh, general pro wrestling topics before we take a break? Well, one big story. What's that? The John Moxley. John Moxley now, yeah. after his AEW debut, had his first official match, I believe, uh, outside of the WWE umbrella for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, this is Dean Ambrose that we're talking about. If you're not hip to his new name, uh, but his new name is John Moxley. Uh, and as I mentioned, he was uh, wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling against Juice Robinson. Uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling um, United United States Champion. Was it, or it IWGP that title. or was it? Yeah, the IWGP United States Champion. Now, is that in and, New Japan? Uh, like, I don't know how that works over there anymore <laughs> or ever did, I, I guess. I, I think this is the best analogy that I think I understand. And again, I'm a I'm a 
casual fact check. Right. I'm, we don't fact check, and I'm a very casual viewer of New Japan Pro Wrestling when it's convenient on Access TV or something that goes viral. But I believe the IWGP New Japan Pro Wrestling thing is very similar to when WCW used to have the NWA heavyweight champion, but it was essentially uh, the WCW heavyweight champion. I believe that's the uh, correlation here between we go. the two. IWGP is the initialism of New Japan Pro Wrestling's governing body, the International Wrestling Grand yeah, Prix. There you go. There we go. So something, yeah, I wasn't too far off. But anyhow, so John Moxley had his first uh, match against Juice Robinson. Uh, I watched it as it happened earlier this morning. Really good. John Moxley, different look, which I was I was very happy to see. He wore yes. the like MMA compression Trunks. shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have anything that dealt with shield kind of look to him yeah didn't have that black but black is kind of just universal right didn't have an anarchy symbol yeah had a little bit more uh more grit it wasn't so wacky dean ambrose where it's like i'm gonna do this it was more in your face a little bit more for lack of a better term raw brawler uh, if you will yeah brawler type uh status or, or style i should say and I was really liking. I like Juice Robinson. It seems like he's been doing really well. Again, I've only seen a handful of matches of his in New Japan. Uh, but John Moxley won the title, uh, bowed to everyone, then tried to beat up the young boys as he walks out and push some photographers because apparently that's what he does. Um, I thought it was a really good first showing. Is now the only man to hold the WWE United States title, which was the WCW. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. NWA US title. And the IWGP US title. There you go. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a good first showing. He, you know, he he made his uh, presence known and kind of a statement I thought that was early earlier made uh, in the match was even before the match, right when Juice Robinson takes off his gear to get ready for the match or, you know, gets ready for his wrestling match, John Moxley just flips yeah. him off right to his face. I was like, okay, yep, this is well, what we're doing here. Let me uh, transition us out of this in a little bit. One more thing we can kind of talk about that, uh, you know, we, we don't have everything. We don't have all the tools to talk about this yet, so maybe we hit more of it next week. But at Theo75 mm-hmm. was on Twitter. And by the way, if you're on Twitter, you can use hashtag tweet the table, and I might be mm-hmm. saying your name too, like Theo's. He said, after listening to Talk is Jericho with John Moxley, I would not be surprised if Renee Young has a new fart gimmick in Siberia. Vince is the problem at WWE hashtag tweet the table. And I bring that up because um, there's also now the talk is Jericho has put out the resurrection of Dustin. Uh, is, is it Reynolds? Rhodes? I don't know. Rhodes. It used to be Reynolds, but now it's Rhodes. Yeah, well, I just don't know what he called it on the episode either, but you get the idea. And, yeah. um, and I've only heard about the first 20 minutes of it, but he brings up that he was trying to pitch this match that went over like gangbusters, you know, um, between him and his brother. And they kept saying it's not good enough to be on that big stage at WrestleMania. And his point was, have you fucking seen, I'm paraphrasing, but have you fucking seen WrestleMania? Like the shit they put on that thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they, like some, like, how does that, that, that means Vince doesn't like those guys and nobody can yep. tell him any different, right? That's the only right. way that happens, right? Because other people were competent to know that that would have been uh, damn sure fine, at least in the middle of WrestleMania. And it would have been a great match and everybody would have liked it. Yeah, of course. They did Cody Rhodes versus uh, the Big Show for the Intercontinental Championship. You can't tell me that Gold Dust versus Dustin Rhodes couldn't happen also, right. or, or uh, Cody Rhodes couldn't happen also. Like, come on. It was yeah, stupid. It's just really weird. 
but I did listen to, uh, oh, here's fun side note. Uh, so I've already listened to the talk is Jericho, John Moxley interview. Yeah. Wade Keller did a, uh, two part interview with John Moxley where that one I think is actually a better interview than the first one. The first one was a good, like John Moxley's just going off. Like this is what's on my chest. Get this is what's in my heart. Right. Here it is. This, the Wade Keller two-part interview had a little bit of that, but it also had a, hey, I want to ask specifically about this, and I want to know more about this. And in that one, John was more like, hey, I don't know the answers, but I know that the answer isn't that, right? right? Like the third hour of Raw is too much. What, you know, there's a lot of money in it. What would I do different? I don't know, but I wouldn't do what we're doing. Like, so he was more measured and um, uh fair i guess to wwe and the wade keller interview but i was listening to the wade keller interview and i got on the airplane to come back to kansas city sit in my seat you know emily's to my left this big guy is to my right and they're like you know no devices or whatever but fuck that we're gonna do it anyhow so i put on play for wade keller and then this guy flips over his phone and he gets play and it's talk is jericho john moxley and i bumped him and i was like hey look at this he goes no shit and i was like yeah this is a two-part he goes Really? I go, but first finish yours and then go to this. He's like, oh, dude, that's so cool. I was like, right? And then we just started listening to our own podcast. So it was a cool moment. Uh, But yeah, I listened to part one and part two. Definitely listen to that. I would definitely recommend that. And then, as you mentioned, I was unaware that Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Reynolds, whatever we're calling them, uh, did a Talk is Jericho one. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I think it's like an hour plus thing. I don't know how long. You know, Jericho sometimes does things, but he starts it off with the interview, which he used to not, Mm -hmm. which is better now. Yeah. I used to do all these like talk oh, is yeah. Jericho, baby. It's like just get to the yeah, fucking no, just point. Get to the interview, and like he used to talk about, you know what I mean, like a bunch of crap. Um, yeah. It, before we move too much on, a lot of steam behind this. They're planning on making the third hour of Raw now get a little more edgy, back to the old thing. What do you make of this? I mean, it's clearly not going to be enough. I don't know. You know what I mean? Edgy wise. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, go big or go home, right? Do the whole fucking thing. Man. Yeah, that's what I think. Go big or go home or get rid of the third hour. Or what you mean by we're getting edgier is that Sami Zayn in the third hour said AEW. Is right. that what we're talking about? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So, and I'm glad we're talking about all these interviews because I want to bring something up here, Tom. All right. This is, this is our... We have a quest now. All right, Tom, we're going to make this happen some way, and you, the listeners at home, are going to help us. This is the first you're hearing of this, so you're going to be a little surprised, but I know you're going to be on board once I lay this out. This is episode 263 of the Spanish announce table, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the next big episode would be 300, right? So that's a big deal, right? 274. Oh, but, no, yeah, 300, yep. Yeah, but we're wrestling fans here, right? And we're a wrestling podcast. So just beyond 300, there's an even bigger marker, right? 316, love it. right? Yes. Okay. Yep, I love it. That okay. is 53 weeks away from now, Tom. All right. We have 53 weeks to get Stone Cold Steve Austin to interview oh, on episode 316. I mean, yeah. We got to pull this off. We got to get the fans involved. We've got to put on a a... I don't know what we're going to do. We've got to come up. Maybe we find, maybe fans will give us suggestions on a unique way to, to, to convince them or hook them. Yeah. That's and the all quest. All we need to do is just ask them the five questions. Right. You know what I mean? Cinco Perguntas. Figure this out. I don't care if I got to drive to Texas and shove a microphone in his face. We'll figure oh, this yeah. out. I would a million you know percent I mean? go anywhere. So I that's you it. I'd read the Bible with Shawn Michaels. I'm going to drive anywhere in the world to meet Stone Cold. 
so what do we got? We got hashtag. Um, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll come up with the hashtag yet. Still, we got a year, right? Yeah, but we'll figure this out. You guys give us some ideas. Use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. Um, anything else before we? So when we come back from the break, maybe we'll we'll cover NXT Takeover. What we thought about that, right? Uh, <laughs> and well, then, you know what I was thinking too uh, is uh, if if talks do start from the grace of God and you know things right. start happening, but things get a little bit delayed, we might not do a couple episodes so that three sixteen <laughs> right. actually right. comes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I might well, get sick a couple weeks. weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. We may have more than a year. Right. <laughs> Fifty six uh, weeks. Whatever. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, we will take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about TakeOver 25 because I thought it was really good, and we'll, we'll cover that. And then um, we've oh, got yeah. Super Showdown coming up. So we'll – You'll get our picks. You'll yeah, get we'll, our picks. You'll get our somewhat reluctant picks, I guess, on WWE Super Showdown when we come back to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, 28 of the first 31 consecutive popes were murdered. <laughs> The Spanish Announce Table. Hey, Tom, it's been a while. I think I should remind you and the listeners, we've got an Amazon link on our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We sure do. Amazon, where you can get any and everything from home goods to, you know, those lavish expenses. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was going to just say lavish gifts. They have it all. Yeah, Amazon uh, doesn't pay taxes, but they'll give us a kickback if you go through our Amazon link and buy something uh, through the SpanishNoundStable.net. Click on the Amazon link at the top. And then, as always, you are not affected at your price point, but we do get a little bit of a kickback, which is great for us and great for you because the more money we make from that, we invest into this podcast. Win-win for all parties involved. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Click the Amazon link right at the top. And thanks. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, this weekend saw NXT TakeOver 25, which was kind of neat in that it was presented out like a standalone thing. Typically, these come like the night before big WWE Mm -hmm. Master pay-per-view, but this one, this was, hey, this is our deal. What would you think? Well, here's my first question. This deals with math. I had a big, long discussion with Emily uh, as we were in Disney World where I get confused, but I want to make sure I'm correct or I'm wrong. So... They said this is the 25th anniversary of NXT TakeOvers, correct? It's the 25th TakeOver. But like WrestleMania 25, they said, was the 25th anniversary. But in my mind, and maybe I don't know how numbers work, but in my mind, WrestleMania 26 would be the 25th anniversary. Because if you do the first thing, that's not the anniversary. That's the, like, I'm not born at one years old. I'm born at zero and I go to one, right? So isn't the first thing zero? And then the next time you do it, that's the first anniversary of the show you just did the year previous. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to say it's the anniversary of it, yes. Whereas like. That always bothered me about WrestleMania 20. 25 because they're like the 25th anniversary and i again i was like i don't think that's right but again i yeah, could but be wrong again like so you're thinking of like birth to one is because you're now one year old because you've lived a year 
But in events mm-hmm. like that, it's I mean, there was the first one. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a little yeah. different. It, it That's wasn't where I get confused. Right. Yeah. Anyhow, no, and what this I is more about... just this is more just this is only the twenty fifth NXT yeah. takeover they've done. Now, yes. Now, what I thought about well, first off, let me put you over here, Tim. Uh, if you really want good in depth writing about NXT takeover. Uh, and also Raw and SmackDown, which we'll get into our Superstar Showdown uh, picks. Uh, read Tim's thoughts, instant reactions on SpanishNounceTable.net. Tim wrote a, an article about NXT TakeOver 25. He wrote an article about this last episode of Raw. And he also wrote uh, an article about this last episode of SmackDown. So please check that out. Share it with your friends. Yes. Uh, it's really good. Frequent but, the website as often as you can. That's why I was like, I better start putting the stuff up on the website again. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to, go to doing it, that know? stuff too because <laughs> I forgot about it for a while. Remember, you know, we don't fact check or stay consistent. We do it at our leisure. Thank right. you for listening. Donate some but, money. PayPal link on the website, by the way. Exactly. NXT TakeOver 25. Let's say this. Uh, the first match, Matt Riddle, Roderick oh, Strong. Yeah. I don't know if there's a better way to kick off the 25th NXT takeover than that match. That match hit on all levels. That is the style of wrestling wrestling that I like. As I was watching it, it made me realize or it emboldened me to feel the way I do. But that style of wrestling is my style of wrestling. So I know I caught some flack about uh, AEW Double or Nothing with the Lucha Bros and Young Bucks match. And I was like, I just don't like it. And the reason is my style of wrestling right wrestling is this big huge uh you know collage of different shapes and images and stories and moves and all of that for me the style of wrestling that i like a little bit less slapping on the thigh but the style of wrestling that i like is matt riddle roderick strong that to me is pro wrestling 2019 and i just love that match what do you think I, I definitely think it was a great match, and and I kind of even mentioned that we've always often talked about camera in his face, microphone in, in his mouth. Roderick Strong is not doing it for us, but no. man, he made Riddle look like a million bucks here. He looked mm-hmm. tough. Uh, mm-hmm. Riddle can sell was one of the main takeaways I took from this. I was like, Riddle's yeah. making Strong look strong. <laughs> so there you mm-hmm. go. Um, yeah, yeah. great. It, again, it, it involved Matt techniques, but still brawling, and there was still, you know what I mean, active cardio. They were running around. It's not like they were just hanging out in the middle of the ring. I mean, it was really Right, good. and it was hard-hitting. It was believable. It was uh, it was viral-ready, I call it, as a as a move. Could, you could put it on Twitter, and it would get retweets kind of thing. Right. It felt like if we had a legit fighting organization that was in a ring like this like this is more of what the guy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you know what i mean like there would be less of throwing people against the ropes obviously but you get what i'm saying like there yeah this would be more of the when they were stand up fighting with each other this is more what it would look like well i can suspend my disbelief with this type of match and not get taken out of the moment when for example the lucha bros and young bucks and i don't mean to pick on that match but again like i mentioned last week when what's his name nods at the other young buck to do the move like that just takes me out of the the moment the spot that you referenced to when it's like hold your hand while i run up the ring post run down the thing yeah i saw that again and i was keeping that in mind that you had already said that and i just thought yeah why didn't the lucha brother just like as he had him by the hand like why didn't he just shove him off the rope like why did he wait 
Drag yeah, just, him? Like, it just doesn't know. make sense. Yeah. And one of my favorite pro wrestlers currently and of all time, Sami Zayn, is notorious for that move. So it's not like, you know, I just can't stand that. You know, Sami Zayn does a little bit of that as well. Uh, but again, going back to this match, I just thought it was a perfect way to get everyone going, to get the crowd hyped, to not do gimmick things to where other people couldn't do it later in the night. Like they did everything that was good, right? There was no table right. spot. There was no chair spot. It was a wrestling match to where then the next match, yes. the ladder match, they could do that kind of stuff. And it would be uh, it would uh, catch your attention because it was the first time it happened in the night. Well, and that's great because. Boy, so if they hit a home run then, then the very next pitch was another home run in this ladder match. This was amazing. And the storytelling in it was top-notch. Even having Jackson Riker come out there and just destroy everybody, and then everybody be like, all right, fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. Honestly, I thought the guy that looked the best out of all of them, including the Street Profits who won the match, was uh, the Forgotten Sun leader. Like, I was was like, no, this guy is the fucking shit. Like, he's such a villain, the villains beat him up, and he's such a badass, he beats everyone up. He looked like he would, like, he's the type of guy that would be, cannibalistically eating you while raping you. You know what I mean? Like he just looked Mm -hmm. like an evil maniacal monster. You know, the vibe that I got from him and again, forgotten sons. I'm not too familiar with. I know they're dastardly heels that we don't like. Um, and one of them was from the tag team that had Alexa bliss as the manager and buddy Murphy in it. But the vibe that I got specifically from Gunner or what's his name? Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker is, if, and again, I go back to ECW because to ECW, that's my holy grail. So say what you want, but follow me here. The vibe that I got from Jackson was the same vibe I got in ECW with Big Dick Dudley, where it was like the Dudley boys would wrestle you and the Dudley boys would do all the dastardly things. But you better hope to God that Big Dick Dudley doesn't lose his fucking temper yeah. and get in this ring because then you really have hell to pay. And, you know, Big Dick Dudley never wrestled for a title but he always fucked people up if you pushed him around and it felt like he was the silent leader of the Dudley boys and I kind of got like I'm hoping and I don't know again too much of Forgotten Sons but maybe you could do that with Jackson where he's the leader he doesn't wrestle all the time because he has this team that does it for him but if you do piss him off like you said he's a cannibalistic fucking eat your asshole out type of motherfucker you know I am that is exactly the feel I get from the little I've seen of them also, right? Like that he is just like this almost cult leader where he doesn't have to say much and people are just like, uh, what's he thinking? I better follow him, right? Like he just, mm-hmm. yeah. And in this match, uh, just uh, the the latter spot where the, the UK guys are, uh, or when they suplex, was it, yeah, they suplex the Forgotten Sons, right? Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they had the ladder on their things, I would just—I mean, that one made me stand up out of my out of my seat. I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I thought they were gonna suplex him with that ladder on the neck until they threw it, and then it almost took out Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, that was amazing. And the Street Profits are so charismatic. Those can, I tell, oh, can I ask you something though? Yeah. And maybe I missed it. And I've I've watched the Street Profits every time I've get gotten the chance to, as far as I I've known of their match on NXT. I know that they were the tag champions in Evolve for a while. Okay. Uh but the Red Solo Cup, I think it's cool. I like it. I have a red solo cup myself. Right. But what does it signify? Is college party? I think it's just party. I, I don't know if they've ever specifically addressed it. You know what I mean? Okay. I think there was uh, a storyline where somebody took it, right? 
if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch enough week in and week out of NXT. Um, typically, that's because cool. we're doing the show here yeah. when it's on or, you know, that yep. night. But they are just, I mean, they are swag bottled up. I mean, they are just, they lead the room in the party wherever they go. And it's just I mean, like, you can't be like, I want to fucking be like these. I want to go where these guys are going and hang I out I want a with red them. solo cup. Right. Yeah. I thought the celebration, I thought the match was great. I think uh, the the uh, finish was amazing because I like yes. that, you know, the Shelton Benjamin jump from the ropes to the ladder actually, in this case, finished the match. Yes. Like, I hate when you do something that cool and it's a kick out at two or it's a, someone else pushes the guy well, off the ladder and nice touch for the forgotten son who got hit that he keeps like flailing and trying to reach for yeah. the, for the thing as he's falling. I was like, that was a nice touch, right? Like, like they I, worked that out well. Well, so I really like the finish, but my favorite part of the night going back to the red solo cup is how the uh, street profits go into the crowd and they obviously planted all of the, these red solo cups, yeah, right. but he raises the red solo cup and then so does everyone else around him. Again, going back to ECW, it felt very reminiscent except for this is cool and not crazy. But when Al snow would throw up the head and the whole fucking crowd would also throw up their head, yes. like it's a whole, like we're all in this together kind of thing. That's those little details that I think just adds so much to a story or character we've talked about that pro wrestling has to live in the cool and these guys are undoubtedly cool like nobody even people who don't like enjoy the things and the music and the and the party lifestyle know that those guys are the cool guys right like mm-hmm. they know like okay those yeah. are the cool guys right right yeah they're doing things that i don't know but i want to do it with them because they just seem cool and i want to be cool like yeah it's great yeah and i think after those two starting matches, the energy just kind of got sucked for what probably was a decent match that just didn't feel like it had a whole lot of oomph to it. For me, at least, was the Dream and Breeze. I mean, I thought it was a good match, but I think I was just so off the high of the first two. I, I think that uh, has something to do with it. And I also think the type of crowd for NXT is not the nine-year-old that needs a superhero thing, right? right. Like the formulaic ABC. The type of crowd that NXT draws is the smart people uh, or the smarks that are listening to this podcast or going to eWrestlingNews.com, right? right? And when you see current champion Tyler, or excuse me, current champion Velveteen Dream versus uh, main roster reject right, yeah. Tyler Breeze with no real huge you know impact, you're going to go like, well, Velveteen Dream's obviously winning this. And in our picks last week, that's what we both said. We're yeah. like, you know Velveteen Dream's winning that. <laughs> so that has something to do yeah. with your expectation when you start to watch the match. You just go, okay, this might be cool, but we all know Velveteen Dream is walking out of here with the title because they're not going to give it to the, you know, yeah. uh, reject. I- I did like the selfie at the end, right? Instead of the handshake, mm-hmm. like the shared selfie, mm-hmm. that was a yeah. real nice. Whoever's like scripting out these endings to the matches down there in NXT has got a nice touch. I'm going to give them that. Well, I think it also has to deal with the characters themselves. I think if you ask Tyler Breeze or Velveteen Dream, hey, if these two guys fought and you know they respected each other at the end, what would they do? They wouldn't handshake. They both know that they would do a selfie or some type of model pose or, you know. Right. So, yeah, I think they know their characters. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of that, I mean, I just yeah, I I, I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I like the dream a lot. I don't know what they're gonna do with Tyler Breeze. It does feel like they've got two of the same character now. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know what they do. Maybe they do an ebony and ivory thing and make them a tag team down there in NXT, I right? Just, the models. 
be worth a shit. Um, all well, right. then, you know, one of them turns on the other one. And then that's, you know, you, you can get enough story out of it to where Velveteen Dream can then make his main roster debut. Because, sure. again, he's the one that they're going to take off. Well, yeah, I just worry about like, so then like they come up, right? And then Fondango's back and he's like, what the hell, man? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fuck he right. And then, but then it's, it's, I worry about the dream getting comic-y, you know? Well, he's kind of, you know, it, on the main roster and what everything we heard from John Moxley and take that for, you know, what it is. Yeah. But everything we've heard from every main roster person that we've, you know, heard a shoot interview on and also what we see with our own eyes, Velveteen Dream is going to be a a comedy. Oh, thing. yeah. He'll have to dance. Yeah. So might as well make Velveteen Dream the leader of Fandango and Tyler Breeze and have him God, just have don't his own little them. model agency. Because what the dream actually is and why it works so well is, is he's 2019's NXT version of Prince. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just mm-hmm. right. Like, and that's why that works. You can't fucking censor that at all or it's yeah, not gonna work they will, they will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just enjoy it for what it for for what it is now you yeah, know yeah yeah uh and then baszler shirai women's championship match i just Shayna baszler is awesome and you know shirai is not bad don't get me wrong i mean this was a good match right. i just mm-hmm. again it was like there's what what do we care i think io shirai is better than oscar I think yes. of the Japanese wrestlers, uh, female wrestlers that they have, she's the money one. I don't Oscar, fuck off. I don't get Oscar. Even but the other one, the, the other talking. Sky Pirate one that they brought. Yeah, like, Kyrie saying. Yeah, she's not good either. I mean, she's good, yeah. but like this is the one we can understand this, her. She can do the same moves. She's got the same yeah. look. Like she's more go. charismatic to me. The way that I would start booking uh, Shayna Baszler, though, because of how shallow the women's division is, is I'd stop with the, it's one girl versus the other girl. I, I'd, I'd cut that out. What I would do is almost what they did with Oscar and almost back uh, in the day with Goldberg, where it's, it's no longer who I'm taking on. That's, that's second to my story. The story is check out my dominance, right? right? So now I'm beating girls in a minute. Now I'm beating girls with a submission I've never done. Now two I'm beating girls ones. by TKO. Yeah, now I'm doing two. I, that's the story I'd yeah. start to tell. I'm with only going to make them tap out to a specific uh, yeah. you know, move. I'm so right? good, like, I'm going right. to do a blindfold match. I'm right. so good, I'm going to do fill in the blank. Where, like I said, Whoever the opponent is, we're not tuning in anymore for, for that. We're for tuning the, in because, like, what can this girl can this do is everything? It. What is it this week? She's going to set a timer for a minute, and she's not going to retaliate at all for the first minute. You get yeah. all the offense you want. I'm only right. just going to try to st- protect myself, right? I won't hit you back for mm-hmm. one whole minute, and then she still beats the shit out of him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That'd be unique and daring to see anybody do something like that. Let's go with that. Right. But this was, and then Eo Shirai snapped. And did a badass move with a chair. And I was like, what the fuck was all this leading up and into the match? <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. Well, I liked uh, Shayna Baszler's uh, comment on Twitter where she said, you know, you boo me for the same actions that Io Shirai did to me. But when she does it to me, you say, you know, don't ever stop or whatever it was. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. 
it was the hypocrisy. I think they were chanting, you deserve this. Yeah, you deserve it. But the hypocrisy that uh, Sami Zayn talks about on the main roster was a little bit of what Shanna Baszler was talking about here. I thought that was great. Uh, I also like her sale job of of the beatdown afterwards. And I mean, the ref's Mm -hmm. trying to like pick her up and she's shoving the ref off and just looking around like, what the fuck just happened here? You know what I mean? Like, she couldn't, like, she was in a shit ton of pain, but also like, how in the fuck did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, I was beating the fuck out of these people, and then all of a sudden, yeah. I'm fucking on my back. What the fuck? Yeah. How <laughs> did they really end good. up here? Yeah, yeah, and again, and I said this in the article, which you can find on SpanishAnnounceTable.net, but I keep saying every time, I'm like, they just need to bring her up now, but no, they don't, because what the fuck would they do in NXT? Like, I just, it's weird yeah. that she's one of the best heels they have under their whole umbrella, I feel like. And mm-hmm. yeah, that she's not on one of their main rosters is just odd. You know, it just feels weird. But but there's so much a con- of a constipation up on the main roster that it's you know yeah. we didn't even see Naomi and Naomi well, I think is the best true. athlete in WWE. I again I think if you have four brands that you're running now, what NXT, 205 Live, the two main rosters, right? Four brands that they're actively running. If you split your brands up properly, your four top people would be spread across those fucking brands. <laughs> I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you would have one of the top guys on NXT. You would have one of the top guys on 205 Live. But, hey, what do I know? What do I know? What do we know? I get that NXT is supposed to be that intermediary, so maybe you pull that one out. But, whatever. NXT Championship, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Bay, bay. A little bit surprised that Adam Cole goes over, you know, mostly clean, we'll say here. I mean, well, it was. I mean, did he? There wasn't. I didn't feel like there was. No, I don't remember anything off the top of my head. Uh yeah, he won right. Clean and as heel, that, you know, as a heel. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't like yeah. hit him with the title when the ref was looking or and have pull Kyle his tights. Riley. Right. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting story to tell for Johnny Gargano. Remember, before all of this, who's the champ? Because Tommaso Ciampa's out. Gargano and Ciampa were going to the main roster. So now does that mean Gargano's going back to the main roster because they have plans for him? Because how do you – he? if anyone can, it, it's him. But how do we come back from losing the title essentially clean to the dastardly heel? That's the interesting part of what I want to see. The other thing that I think has to happen soon is Adam Cole is just too fucking cool. Like there's there's a difference between being the Kevin Owens heel where we kind of like him, but he still does enough things that I want to boo. And now Adam Cole, the whole fucking crowd's yelling Bay Bay and the boom and all the shit like he's a baby face now. You know what I mean? So we just need to do the whole. And again, ECW is my reference point. But the whole RVD check out how fucking cool I am. No one's cooler than me. Don't you know it? And we all go. Yes. Like yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to do the, this town sucks bullshit, like that dated out, you know, heel thing, but just keep them the same and have the heels start wrestling them. That's what I want. You just keep Adam Cole in the undisputed era, the exact same. We're going to start cheering, cheering him consistently. And then he goes against the forgotten sons, right, right. you know, and then you're not doing anything different for the undisputed era, but now they're baby faces because Fuck yeah, we always wanted them to be baby faces. Well, and that is it. They they can walk that line. You just have to book around it, right? They can right. stay the same characters and and be either or. It's just who's the protagonist and antagonist. 
but it's it's getting to the point where it's just overwhelmingly Adam Cole getting cheers, right? We're all doing the baby, like I said. We're all doing the finger, the thumb to the head, saying boom. We're all doing uh, the fucking cool shit and the hand signals like we're 12-year-olds. Like, let's just make him a baby face already. Uh, I agree. Uh, but that was NXT, man. I mean, I thought it was a good show. They always knock those takeovers out of the park. I'm going to watch this next NXT because that's where we said it starts to go Ah, all right. Like, is there enough juice to keep us going week to week? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 NXT takeovers as a standalone show have always been awesome, have always been great. The weekly shows have never been anything I've disliked, but it's also never been appointment viewing. There's been only a handful of times where they've made their weekly show something I have to see, an announcement, a debut, a match, something, but... Something has to happen with their weekly show for these takeovers for me to really hit home. Let me pose a tweet the table to you. At B underscore double underscore D says, so we can give the Bucks shit about being too fake, but Gargano has his head spiked on the damn floor and kicks out at two. And we're just cool with that. Hashtag tweet the table. I am not the biggest Gargano in the ring fan, if I'm being okay. honest, for that same right. reason. I feel mm-hmm. it's the same. I've enjoyed every single one of the Champa Gargano matches because I feel like they're a little less that, right? Mm-hmm. But some of his other matches, I definitely feel it's a lot of that Young Buck style, right? It's the, yeah. I'm over here, I'm over here, hold my hand, jump, spin. Oh, we both missed kicked. Oh, I ducked under. Oh, right? Like, I'm like, okay, guys, I get that you're all fast and quick. Right? Yeah. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get that you can do, you can matrix. Great. Fun. Well, think about how revolutionary Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero are, where essentially they created the 15 move set, you know, right. that counter, the counter, the counter, the counter. And then we stare at each other and the crowd goes crazy. They started that 25 years ago or something. Right. And now we're still doing it with the Young Bucks and Gargano and Ciampa and, you know, Ricochet and all this and Osprey and all this shit. Uh, I just think about how revolutionary Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and the Rey Mysterio and psych- psychosis of the world are because they really started all of that. Yeah, and I mean, I think if you ask a lot of them guys, those are the people that they list as their... Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, I'm hoping that as the pendulum swings back to uh, more believable violence from pro wrestling, that we can stop with the, I hit him with three AAs and he kicked out at two. Right. Like, fuck off. One of the things I always think about, again, ECW, because that's where my brain is, is if you go back to ECW One Night Stand with uh, Mike Awesome and Tanaka, they fucking do, do everything horrible to each other, right? Uh, Tanaka got a powerbomb to the outside through a table. But JBL up there was giving him shit. And the first thing he did with every big move is he just throws his shoulder out and he goes out at two because he knows that like the craziest, coolest fucking move doesn't end it. Right. And that's where, again, going back to that ladder match with the uh, Street Profits that I thought was so cool is a fucking cool move that's not your finisher ends the match. We need to have a little bit more of like the viral moment ends the shit we don't need kick well, out at two for and everything. it makes it less predictable i i know you're trying to sell stuff and you're trying to to ping things in people's subconscious here but like in a regular fight fighters don't have a finisher because that's not how a fight works it's opportunistic yeah. right yeah. like you take the moment as it presents itself and you strike however yeah. you can <laughs> 
Yeah, Dan Henderson was so notorious for only doing one thing, and that was a huge overhand right. And he would knock you out if he won with that overhand right 80% of the time. But the other 20% was ground and pound or a submission, or it was a verbal tap from strikes. Like there were things that he could also do, maybe not predominantly, but that you would also see him finish matches with. To agree with a guy who does like to fancy himself as the smartest guy in the business a lot, Jim Ross, um, he's right. You can slow it down a little, right? Like, then you don't have to do so many of these moves. They're more believable when you do them. Like you're saying, it doesn't have to be 500 moves, and then I see the finisher seven times, and then finally we, you know what I mean? It happens. If you slow it down a little bit, you can tell the story easier, guys. It's about the story. Or you could just surprise me with a new move that makes me go like, wow, that's cool, right? right? It can be, wow, that's cool, and it ends it. Right. But I don't need, I don't need, it feels sometimes, and this is more of a general statement about pro wrestling as a whole, but I don't need finisher to one, two, three, or schoolboy roll up. I feel right. like those are the only two ways to finish a match is, oh, I got him uh, by a roll up, one, two, three. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that was crazy when one, two, three kid did it to Razor Ramon on Raw. In 1995 or whatever yeah, year it was. It's another one you have to use sparingly. Yeah, we don't need either roll up or finisher one, two, three. Like, give me something different. That's why I thought the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match was so cool, is because Chris Jericho did a spinning back elbow. He names it Judas Effect or whatever the fuck right. it's called, and he wins the damn match. That's yeah. fucking cool. I don't need Matt. I don't need the whole crowd to count three because they also are in on the fucking thing. They can be surprised too. You yeah. know, like I agree. And so yeah, I do feel that with Gargano. So I, I don't think you're wrong there, B Double D. I mean, I, uh, unless you're. Unless you're saying it's okay and we should also not be giving the Bucks shit, but I disagree. I no, yeah, suck. give all of them shit, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we won't hit Raw and SmackDown much because we want you to go to the website, spinishdownstable.net, read some of those, and it was all a lead-up to Super Showdown anyway, and that's what we're going to really talk about. But we did want to hit on two th- a couple things here. The Firefly Funhouse, which we don't think will make much of an appearance at Super Showdown. Boy, it got a, a little bit weirder this week. I loved it. Yeah. This was the fucking crazy uh, Pee Wee Herman weird shit. The, the thing I immediately said to Emily after we watched the segment, because I make her watch it with yeah, me because, right. you know, <laughs> but the first thing I said is that's something that would be on Adult Swim. Yes. You ever watch Adult Swim yes. at one o'clock in the morning? Yes. And right. it's like, I don't know if weird that's fucking funny cartoons, or not, right. but it's weird as shit. And again, that's a human, not a cartoon. What the fuck are we watching? It felt like Pee Wee Herman's 2019 yeah. Adult Swim cartoon show. There's just so many things. There's like a uh, pig vomiting up its Ebola fluids, I think. And then there's like... Well, Husky, uh, I, yeah, Husky yeah. the pig is Husky Harris, right? The and Husky he right. says the fucking yes. devil, and then he's dancing. And, and that Wyatt Jim shirt is great, like that, yeah, yeah. which is for sale on shop.ww.com, which I thought was funny. Uh, and then the other thing that I think is really low key fascinating is it's all being voiced over by Bray Wyatt. It's not yeah. as if he has voiceover people. You can tell that's yeah. Bray Wyatt's voice trying to be Vince or f- trying to be a witch. Well, and then they snuck the one thing in there where it got dark for a second, right? Like the yeah. subliminal, right? Like they the, fucking messed with you. And again, right. that's that adult swim thing where you're like, was that funny or is that right. fucking a real cult leader? Like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at here. Right. I thought it was crazy. Crazy, cool, fun. 
Loved it. His fanny pack was awesome. Uh, his shirt's cool. I might get the shirt just because fuck it. Um, I, it was so left field interesting. I, I, again, I just don't know. How are we going to get this to the ring? Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to get this to the ring is a very Cause does someone Because does someone come to him? Does he go to someone? I can think of one person I'd like for him to go to. Yeah. Because uh, who? Well, someone keeps cutting these dark, moody promos that says, I want to fight. Let's just get the shit in because you know nothing's going to change with how to do it. So, yes and no, but the problem is you're both – I think they both got plans for those guys to be on the up, so you can't really – you know what I mean? You don't need a finish. Just have them bump into each other. That's what I mean. Yeah. I'm a little – the Aleister Black stuff, hey, he's good, right? Like he can – his conversation – like the – the promos he's cutting are good, but I'm just like, am I supposed to get behind this guy? That's just like, hey, I'm hanging out here in this dark room till somebody will show up. Come fight me. Mm-hmm. Come fight me. Like, would you get out and go fucking pick a fight yourself, goddammit? Like, shut up. Well, I, I think it's building to that. I think it's the, okay. someone come fight me. Someone come fight me. Okay, cool. I gave everyone the opportunity for one person to get this ass whooping. Guess what? You all are fucking getting and it. And he just get, comes right, yeah. out there. and if no yeah, one comes, I'm coming to all of you, right? Yeah, and you just – the way I would do that <clears> – <throat> excuse me. The way I would do that is you do the comedy – gimmick 24 7 thing where the whole battle royal you know lumberjack bullshit that they were did did this week and they're all fighting lights go out alistair black's in the middle of the fucking ring and everyone gets murdered everyone gets murdered uh i lay out my idea for the 24 7 title in in one of the articles up on spanishnownstable.net also yes you yeah. do yeah. yes but th- yeah. that's what i would do i would have him and then that yeah. from there Again, maybe I'm getting too too far ahead of myself and into the woods a little bit, but I just applied for the writer position, so I'm getting into it. But this is what I would do. Three more weeks of Aleister Black demanding someone fights him. No one fucking does it. Then you do the 24-7 thing where they're all in the ring. You know, you have R-Truth and Elias doing like a tug-of-war thing. Lights go out in the middle of the ring, sitting, as he does in, in yep. his cross-leg style, sits Alistair Black. Everyone kind of looks at him. He does like a back roll or a front roll you know, to get to his feet. It essentially, gets to his feet. Everyone gets fucking murdered. Everyone gets yeah. fucking murdered. Kicks to the and face. Then, yeah. Dropped on their head. It clears the ring. He's standing in the ring. We're all like, that was fucking awesome. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. You know, because you right. have him do all the like the top level bullshit moves that he can do. Uh-huh. And then that's when you have the fucking witch from these Firefly yes. Fun Houses laughing and then fade to black. And you go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And then you don't mention it for three weeks. Then you have fucking Bray Wyatt go to Raw and then he fucks with Apollo Crews or someone. And then we get. Another four to five mm. weeks later, Alistair Black maybe fucking does something in the Firefly Funhouse. And you're like, wait a minute, was that Alistair Black? And you're like, oh. And Dude. then we get the payoff at a huge pay-per-view. Is Apollo Crews on the um, – is he the new Hawkins? Is that guy just – Yeah. Well, you know who's the real Hawkins, it feels like? Sami uh, Zayn. Tell uh, me the last time you saw Sami Zayn win. True Even that. when he came back – to this, hey, it's fun to see Sami Zayn. He lost to Finn Balor. So tell me yeah. the last time Sami Zayn's won a match. True that. I can't that's name good. it. Yeah, that's good. 
Um, here's something. Uh, our last tweet the table that is is an interesting thing that I hadn't thought of yet, and it may lead us into Super Showdown. Katie First Lady at Katie First Lady says, unless something happens at Super Showdown, there's a story here that Big E was once in Ziggler's corner when he won the world title in 2013, and that has not been addressed yet. Again, unless something happens Friday, hashtag tweet the table. I think that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? So Super Showdown, Big E helps Dolph win the title. Yep. Hugest fucking story they would have going. Yeah, because guess what? Uh, Kevin Owens actually didn't hurt Big E's knee. Big E just faked it because this was the plan the entire time was to get Dolph in the picture and then him and Dolph back together again. Yeah, and then even even the uh, Zayn and Owens could be, you know what I mean, running with them even. Like that could have all been part of the plan. The whole Big E, uh, you know, the the whole Big O, like all part of the plan. Now it's a faction, right? It's Dolph, Big E, Owens, and Zayn. Yeah. Right? But That'd even awesome. that, even without that. that, even just Big E and Dolph, yeah, is a great story to tell too. Yeah, I, oh. just say yeah, and Big E's whole um, whole motive is yeah, it should have been Ziggler and not Kofi. Kofi, you were never good enough. I was the one that always had to carry you. As soon as you get the title, yeah. I get forgotten about. You replaced me with Kevin Owens. Really? Right. Yeah. I'm going with the people who, who stayed loyal to me, and you know who stayed loyal to me? This guy. And then you go back and you show when Ziggler won the title from Del Rio, and you say, look who was the first guy to celebrate with. Ziggler, it was me. We've always been tight. We've had our differences, but we're always best friends at the end of the day or something like that. And then, boom, that's what you say. Yeah, that'd be great. I got another theory of what Friday means. So let's get into it. Let's get into the title picture specifically. Let's not go chronological yet. So let's go into first, because I've got a theory, the Seth Rollins-Baron Corbin match. First Mm. off, who do you got? What do you think about this? I think Seth Rollins would win this unless, you know, he may not come away with it if they somehow do a Money in the Bank. I could see them Mm -hmm. pulling that off, but I definitely don't think Baron Corbin wins the Universal title. I definitely agree with you. However, I think we get something to this effect. Very similar to how Monday went where uh, Seth Rollins is beating up Baron Corbin. We get Brock Lesnar's music, right? Seth Rollins... Uh, looks to the big screen or whatever, you know, Megatron, whatever the fuck we're calling it. Yeah. Baron Corbin then starts to get over on him because WWE loves the schoolboy roll-up. Seth Rollins still gets the schoolboy roll-up. And then as he wins, he's still looking at the screen. Nothing happens, right? So Brock Lesnar just, what the fuck was that? Brock Lesnar just fucking with me? Like, fuck that ass. Come on. Right. You said Friday you're going to cash in. And then you get Paul Heyman to walk out and he just laughs. And then he goes back to the back again and then that's the end of the segment we go like what the fuck was that that was weird right right so now let's get into the second match kofi kingston versus dolph ziggler so i'll tell you my pick because it goes along with that storyline you get kofi and dolph ziggler do a five star whatever you want to call that match right you know seven finisher kick out six finisher kick out blah 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 after a long fought victory yeah after a long fought uh fight uh, Kofi Kingston uh, keeps his title, right? I'm the champion. No music hits. Brock Lesnar comes from the fucking crowd, goes into the ring, F5s Kofi Kingston, and he takes that title. And he goes, that's what I meant by Friday. 
Yeah, I yes, I do think the swerve of the money in the bank cash in is that it's on Kofi if it were yep. to come soon with these two mm-hmm. champions. I do think that. Um, I because I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be shocked if long term story plan for WWE again is to have a unification where it's the Universal right. versus WWE at SummerSlam. Yeah, and I, I spell out an idea there too in some of the uh, the articles on there that you should check out there. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. As far as that goes with Kofi and Dolph. And the whole titles, I, yeah, I, I do think they're going to, I think there's a unification coming at some point, is what I feel like. And I feel like it's going to involve Brock and that money in the bank. That's my gut yeah. feeling with all of it. That really is. Yeah. All right, well, let's run through some of this card, huh? Usos revival? Usos. I think Usos, too, mostly just because I, I think the Usos are the best, and I just want them to win everything. Well, I think they're the best, and I think that if you've been watching just pay-per-views alone, it would make no fucking sense that the Usos can beat the SmackDown Tag Team Champions but can't beat the non-number one contender tag team on Raw. Like, what the fuck is that about? So I think they'll win this as well. uh, Lars is going to destroy the Lucha House Party. Which is, I mean, come Like, this past week, we saw the arm wrestling competition between Braun and Bobby Lashley. And it went back to the old school days of, you know, uh, Big John Studd and Paul Orndorff and all that stuff. And that's great. And I liked it a lot. But this just screams like, this is a waste of our time. We all know it's going to happen. Yeah, I did like Lars finally speaking and giving us a little nugget, right? Does not like being called a freak, right? Now, you can use that aplenty moving forward. Right? Yeah, make him sympath. Make him the hunchback of Notre Dame, where we're fucking sympathetic to this guy. Yeah. I don't need to see a goddamn big asshole. Brr, brr, brr. Like, just fucking yeah. make me feel sorry for him. I even lay out an idea on how to use that, even with him still as a heel and the not liking, you know what I mean, the the term freak to get some genuine heat on him and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I think you know. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I, I'm just tired of the because I'm crazy. Smash him, yeah, yeah. smash. Uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley wins Bra- everything, right? No, Braun. Braun wins everything. Yeah. If you remember the first time they did this show, it was Braun Strowman holding up a fucking weird title for that 50 man battle royal. Yeah, and then the <laughs> next year he won uh, another goddamn <laughs> big thing. It, Braun is. Braun is the Saudi Arabian Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the Saudis, he's their Andre the Giant. We are doing a 50-man battle royal, but I don't see any listing of like who's in that thing. No, everyone that doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. Anyway, yeah. I don't even think they've listed names just so they can figure out who they can actually make <laughs> can actually Come make and the show up. flight yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't get sick because they drink the fucking water or some weird-ass shit. Um, yeah, Strowman wins. Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon. Roman Reigns wins. Yeah. I like Shane McMahon in charge and using guys. I'm a, I'm a little worried that like Drew McIntyre is not the guy they need to be using because he doesn't need that extra, you know what I mean? Like he's, well, he would if he was more the focal point, right? If, if Shane was, if the battle was Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and Shane's egging it on and use it like the Heenan would, right? different story but this is roman versus shane and he's just he's tyson tomko mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's just not working for me yeah the tweak that i would make with this is make shane mcmahon the 
uh, final level ultimate boss in this storyline and not have Shane be so eager to get into a match. Like, right. Hey, I'm your boss. I'm not wrestling you again. I don't hey, have I'm to your fight boss. You. Remember, right. I don't fight you. Yeah. And then I it could, puts Shane, I could beat you yeah. up. We've seen right. it, but I don't have to. And, and, I'm rich. And he does the spear and all that stuff. Right? right. Like I could see what I could do to you if I've wanted to, you know, but every time Shane gets, you know, challenged for a match, he's like, you're an idiot. You work for me. I don't do that. Right. But you lead it to a point where he has no choice but to fight Roman Reigns, right? right. But I would make I would make Drew McIntyre two things. One, I would hearken back to the chosen one when yep. Vince McMahon said he was the chosen one. I would go back more to that where Shane was like, my dad saw something in you, and right. so do I. Yeah. You are the chosen one. And then the second part of this, and this would take longer than just Friday – but I would have it to where Roman Reigns almost couldn't get past Drew McIntyre. Like right. Shane was was taking all of his focus that every time he wrestled Drew McIntyre, he lost because it was Shane with a distraction or Shane right. with some so type of comment. he can't get to the final boss. He can't get to the final boss so that when he finally does beat Drew McIntyre, you're like, holy shit, he really beat Drew McIntyre. Right. And then now – there's only one thing left to do, buddy, right. and it's fucking fight and me, that pal. Also, then leaves Drew McIntyre looking like a supreme badass, right? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. You uh, have you, you know like uh, when Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, it's also happened to gets buried by all of yeah. the furniture thing. That's the type of match that Drew McIntyre should lose. Is a last man standing. Well, he didn't really. You know, yeah, get beat. It was that his hands were tied or something. And it's so believable when that guy stands next to anybody else. You're like, yeah, he should fucking beat the shit out of everybody out here. Look right. At him, fucking huge. Yeah. So I would make it more video game esque, where Drew McIntyre's that level that you took forty tries to finally beat. Yeah. And after you beat the game, it wasn't the accomplishment of beating the game; it was the accomplishment of that one level that took right, you so much right. that you remember. Yeah, you like, beat the main boss in one super. You're like, shit! It took me the second guy fourteen times. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right, Intercontinental Championship: Finn Balor, Andrade. I don't care what. Whatsoever. Like, I forgot this is a thing. Like, why? I don't, I'm not behind this at all either. Um, I but think this Finn is Balor wins. Planning. No, yeah. Andrade wins, I think. Wins the title. Let me go. Well, ahead. I think they said that Finn's the demon here because it's WrestleMania. Yeah, you're quality. right. It does say the demon. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Finn. So the demon always wins, which, again, you're undefeated as the fucking demon. So why don't you just stay the goddamn demon? Yeah, why would you wrestle? <laughs> Why would you wrestle as anything else if you're fucking undefeated as a demon? Right. You dumb shit. Yeah, all right. Um, well, but, we covered. Yeah, you got yeah, anything? But I think the reason this match is not uh, the focal point that it should be is kayfabing it or, you know, sh- shooting it here. I think Finn took some vacation time and that kind of killed the storyline, right? Like, if I'm out of sight, out of mind, don't tell me to get excited yeah, that's about right. it. Yeah, that's right. He was in Ireland or something, right? Yeah. Uh well we covered Kofi Dolph. You think Kofi's gonna win but get cashed in on? You think Seth's mm-hmm. gonna win? Mm-hmm. Um I think Kofi's gonna win, although I wish they would swerve us and have Dolph win, and I think Seth wins. Ooh, what if Dolph wins and Brock cashes in on Dolph? <laughs> it's just like fuck you, bitch. You thought you had this moment? It's mine. <laughs> That oh, would be man. great because then, yeah, like the New Day could ride Dolph Ziggler about that. And then you'd have uh-huh. the New Day and then Dolph, Sammy, Kevin Owens could fucking take them on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then 
And then Dolph would have more legitimacy to like, this spot should be mine, you asshole. Right, like, God damn it. And then fucking him. And then like, Brock's even like, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, oh shit. Like, you know, (laughs) God damn it. Well, and then maybe he tries to scheme something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, who knows? See, there's so many angles you could do that they just don't. It feels like they just don't. They're not trying that hard. Oh, Triple H, Randy Orton. Okay, so the moment when they almost broke on his balls comment was fun. Right? Like I was like, all right, that was fun to watch. And triple H recovered well, right? Had his own little zinger back. Right. I mean, it's like, honestly, it's a burden. They're so fucking big. Right? Uh, but I, I guess, I don't know. I feel like triple H wins because they think the people of Saudi Arabia want to see triple H, you know, right. his fucking Harley out of there or something. Yeah. I, you know, whatever. Right. I think, you know what I mean? I, Either I'm could gonna win. Go, yeah, I'm going to go Orton just because he's still an active, air quotes, well, he can stand wrestler. There and do his, his pose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Triple H has lost in Saudi already, right? He lost to John yeah. Cena on the first show. Hey, listen. Well, I don't know if they told you. You know, I don't know if you caught this, but this is supposed to be a WrestleMania equivalent show. And Triple H loses at WrestleMania, too. That. Well, you know who doesn't? Undertaker. But he's taking on Goldberg. Hey, and I kind of... I, I even say this in the articles, uh, but that Goldberg spot was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. His promos are way better than his first run, right? Like now that he's a oh god, man. yeah, and his promo compared to Undertaker was light yes. years ahead of the light years, and uh, he looked like a fucking straight badass. Yeah. He was just like fucking like stepping like, up in him. I was like, shit, I kind of want Goldberg to go beat this guy's ass. Yeah, <laughs> right. I liked it. It's going to be Undertaker, but I like right? it. Yeah, it's going to be Undertaker. Um, but for what? Yeah, and I typically never did like Goldberg. I mean, that's been well documented on the show, too. But I was like, not bad, Goldberg. I was like, that was good. In my opinion, if this was the Goldberg in 98, I'm Team WCW. Mm, like, right. This Goldberg that can talk and, you know, back to the 1998 physicality. Well, yeah, and he had lines, yeah, and they were simplistic and not overdone, right? Like, get your jack, your jock strap, strap that thing on tight, right? Because, right, I was like, oh shit. And I don't think that was a line written for him. I think no, that was a yeah. line that he came up with. Like, they just said, "Hey, end with you're going to kick his ass." And, All right, well, put your jock strap on. I'm like, what the fuck? Because right. it makes zero sense, right. except for it's a meathead former football player, and you're like, well, yeah, that's probably something they fucking said back there when they're circle jerking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad, so maybe I'll check this out. I don't know that I, this is one that where I'll like catch the whole match or anything. Cause, oh, you know. you know, it's a for us here in the states. Uh, it's on during the workday. I'm not fucking working, so I'm putting this on my second screen, my second monitor, and having it up and probably watching it. And then right. if anyone asks what I'm doing, then you know, type on my fucking computer. The trick is, um, you pull your notification screen down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you got your headphones in. People walking by and pull the notification screen down real quick. All they see yep. is that you've got a text from mom, right? There it is. Right. Probably from me, more likely. But, hey, you know, <laughs> probably some stupid gift that I sent. All right. On that note, Tom, what do you think? Anything else before we close this up, before we close our super show down? Huh? 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 I like that. Huh? That's the title of the show. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no, man. I mean, this week wasn't bad. I don't think Raw was bad. I don't think SmackDown was bad. I don't care about 
this Saudi show. The big rumor is that there could be potentially a women's match because it's being reported that both Alexa Bliss and Natty uh, flew out with the rest of the male roster. So uh, maybe we see that. I guess that's cool. I mean, for progress, if that's what we're going to say it is. Uh, neat. Uh, John Moxley, I was excited about. That was pretty cool. I hope he doesn't turn into like the indie version of AJ Styles where he just never loses now, you know? Yeah. Because I think he's going to take on uh, the bad boy, Joey Janela. I think he wins that. Oh, of course. Uh, which is cool. And that promo that he did on Joey Janela where he's like, oh, you think you're the one that wants to die? Like you, you yeah. want to die in the ring? That was before I was here. You think uh, you're as crazy as me? We're going to fucking find out. Um, We said this, I think, leading into when we were doing our picks for All In. We said, is Cody the hottest name? You know, on the pendants, on the independence, or I think we said biggest. And then we determined what does that mean, right? But boy, Dean Ambrose came out gunning for that real quick, didn't he? Yeah. Well, John he did. Moxley, excuse me. Yeah. Well, he did the WWE burial in the 2019 way to do it, right? Because the way we got so exhausted of the WWE burial was the way Damien Sandow did it on impact where he's like, I'm here to make an impact because I was held down by those guys over here. And it was in his gear and he was standing in yep. a ring by himself and it was a microphone. It was like, we've heard this the 9 million guy. times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Damien Sandow was also Christian cage was also yep. Rhino was also uh, Jeff Hardy and yep. TNA. Like we heard it. But Dean or John, whatever we're going to let's just start calling him John. Yeah. John did it like, hey, people listen to podcasts that can be a little bit more shoot long form. It won't be so awkward. I won't do it on my own because that will be, be stupid. lines. It'll be. Real. Yeah, it won't be lines and it can go viral. Right. He did it the perfect way. And then these videos, these uh, uh, promos that he did, you know, the first one where the paradigm shift, then the smoking one with Joey Janela. The, the and then the promo he cut on Joey Janela where it's like Moxley wrestling and he was like I was like oh shit and again I hate to pick on the young bucks I really do <laughs> no you don't but the worst one <laughs> was the young bucks one did you see that no uh-uh. all these dumb fucking idiots this is the thing I don't like about like they're too meta it's too like the Melter driver right because we all know who Dave Melter is it's right. like stop being so in the bubble. What they did in this quick little 10-second promo is Nick put out his fist, and Matt was like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. And he put out his fist, and they're, like, eager, and they're, like, staring, and then they widen out the camera, and John Moxley's standing there, and he's like, guys, I'm not doing that. And then he walks off because they want to do the shield thing. Yeah. And I was like, hey, that's what we're trying to get away from. Right, right. Like, yeah, stop again. with the – in the bubble bullshit. That what drew me in this interest is you guys, the build up to all in, uh, and then double or nothing, and then uh, which I think is what I meant to say earlier when I called it all in, um, mm-hmm. is it presented itself as the cool alternative. And I don't mean here's the problem with the word cool in 2019 is everybody's got their own definition for that, right? The Comic Con mm-hmm. kids have what they think is cool, right? We've got to come up with a new term for what I described earlier about the Street Profits, where everybody knows they're the cool fucking guys in the room, right? Right. That's what Double or Nothing and All In was presenting itself as. You guys are nothing close to that. 
when you do shit like that, right? That's nerdy and dorky, which nerdy and dorky can be cool in the nerdy and dorky realm, but that's not what you guys have been presenting mm-hmm. yourself as over here, right? Like <laughs> the, right. I've been led to believe this is the cool shit over here, and yeah. you guys are going, right, sticking out your fucking fist. Well, my, my, my aggravation with it is – Hey, we can address the elephant in the room that is WWE, and that's fine. And we can poke fun when asked, right? So, like when Cody Rhodes talked about how ugly the twenty four seven championship is, I get it, right? Like right. that's gonna get some clicks, and that's relevant. But let's not make everything like we're not them, and you're like you're not supposed to be them, right. but you're also not supposed to tell me that you're not them. That makes you not fucking cool. When all you're doing is poking the bear. Well, yeah. When you're like, ah, I'm going to make fun of them, you're just drawing attention to like, oh, so you're not the big dog here, right? Like you're right. the, right. Yeah. And again, it's a nitpicky thing, but of all the Moxley promos, that one was the weakest. Yeah. And it's because it just, that was a dumb, stupid shot that didn't need to be taken. Yeah. You don't have to go this far, but there's a reason WWE and McMahon don't mention their competitions, right? Because why the fuck do I got to mention that guy? You're beneath. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're just giving credence to the other fucking thing. So just be you and be like, oh, shit, this is fucking cool. Right. That's what Cause, we want. Because what if somebody new is catching this and has never heard of WWE, right? And you keep mentioning enough, they're going to go, what? And then they go, oh, my God, look at this thing. <laughs> it's fucking mm-hmm. three times the size. It's an international traveling circus. I love this. Yeah. Fuck these other right. people. All right. Like, you yeah. could, that could Fuck happen to you. Cracker barrel bullshit. Yeah. That could happen to you. There's a reason the mainstream is the mainstream. You may not Man, like and it, I, but... here's another thought I have, uh, real quick before, as we finish up here. I cannot wait until TNT gets their hands yeah. on the fucking production of AEW. Yeah. Cause again, I like what John Moxley described as I didn't have to get clearance from 15 different people to do a promo i just did it in 30 seconds if there was a little thing you know messy here that's fine because it's genuine that's what it looks like and i agree that's 100 percent right mm-hmm. however if you're gonna do fucking skits like the young bucks did with the cracker barrel thing and i hear the fucking wind more than i hear you talking yeah. that's a fucking problem that's that's laziness yeah right yeah i'm okay again i'm okay uh when you know Cody's being interviewed backstage after his match with Dustin and you might see in the background um, Tommy Dreamer walk by, right? That's okay because, again, traveling circus. It would make sense. There's not just you back here. There's everyone. But I need to, one, see what you're showing. I need to, two, hear what you're saying. And number three, and most importantly, but the other two are very important, but three, I need to – know why you're telling me these things like those are the that's the, the trinity of a promo i want to know why and care kind of one and the same i want to hear it and i want to see it it's all the fucking things that it's only three things you have to worry about well you know what i want to hear and what i want to see tom is all of our fans uh sending us suggestions uh yes. doing their own media blitz on how we can get steve austin to interview on episode 316 of the spanish announce table 53 uh, weeks away <laughs> 53 weeks away um, in the meantime, go check out the website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net, for the fresh new articles. Uh, this, we will also post YouTube videos of the podcast, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, anything else, Tom, before we get out of here, man? 
No, man, I'm good. That was All my right. little mini rant. So every week I have to hate on the Young Bucks, and that's my obligation, so I did it. <laughs> I wonder what the on. percentage of episodes uh, are that you've said something negative about the Young Bucks. I wonder if it's like 70-plus. <laughs> well, no, because early on I was trying to like, ah, Well, they didn't exist them. really for a while, right? right yeah, well, when I kind of was like, yeah, and I was kind of like, ah, whatever. But then when I did the whole pro wrestling isn't a sport thing, that's when it took off. So good couple years. I'd say – 45% of the episodes have at least one Young Bucks dig. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. That's a lot. That's a good chunk. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see what happens next week when we return to the Spanish announce table. Fun fact, the Xbox, th- Xbox 360's Red Ring of Death was such a widespread issue, nearly 30% of consoles failed in 2007. Repairs cost Microsoft more than $1.15 billion. <laughs> The Spanish announce table.